0: Hey, everyone, this is Pastor Steve from Faith Community Church, and you are listening to Faith That Works, podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited that you've taken time to listen to these words today. Our desire is that this would push you to a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Mamas don't stop praying. Romans chapter 6. Let's talk about this for just a little bit here. We've been talking about transforming faith and the idea that God wants to, uh, to, to, to transform us through the process of justification and sanctification. And so let's, let's review just for a little bit. Last week we talked about the idea of why do we need justification, right? We got the end of chapter 5. We talked about because of Adam, we all have sin, and because of sin, that leads To death, Sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all of us. So we are born sinners, but we also sin. Everybody understand that? We're born sinners, and we sin, and we need help. So don't think we're punished for Adam's sin. We are punished for our own sin. We have sinned. Adam spreads. We're born sinners, and then we also sin. So last week, we also contrasted Adam and Jesus. We talked about it. Adam brought death. Jesus brought us grace. Adam brought condemnation. And Jesus brought justification. In Adam, death reigns. But in Jesus, say with me, life reigns. In Adam, we have disobedience. In Jesus, we have obedience. And then the phrase much more was in that passage last week telling us that Jesus gives us much more. So what we've lost in Adam, Jesus gives us much more to replace it amen thank God for Jesus coming and taking care of our Adam problem amen and he did it on the cross now I want to I want to share with us just a few minutes today about the idea And, and you've and you I'm gonna need that toilet paper here in a minute if I don't put it up here I'll forget about it I like props sometimes you guys know that all right so I'll put it right there what we have and you've heard this said in our world today is an identity crisis that's that's a word now right I mean people are having we were talking about gender identity crisis but before the gender identity crisis people were just having a regular identity crisis you know speaking of speaking of my I'll tell something funny about my mom if you if you've ever um, uh, how, how would, you have to help me there's a maybe a simple way to describe her might be the white Medea Not as vile, though. You know what I mean? A godly woman, but if, if you looked funny, she'd just tell you. She didn't care. She'd be like, what's wrong with you? I remember her correcting the associate pastor for bringing a cell phone in the building. She did. She goes, why do you have your cell phone on your hip like that? I mean, we're in a God's house right now. We're here to worship. Well, my kids are in college, and, and if there's an emergency, that might need me. She goes, don't they have the church regular number? I mean, people. So, anyway, she, that's just what she was bluntly honest about that and I remember as a child we would go bowling that was a thing people used to bowl uh, you know it was an activity for fun before a ton of video games and cell phones and all this we had to create our own entertainment we'd go bowling with our friends and so my mother would critique everybody's bowling she couldn't bowl she had no idea how to bowl but she was real good at saying hey you're throwing that crooked what's wrong with you I mean that's just kind of what she did well and like Well, help me out. Well, throw your arm. If your arm was straighter, the ball would be straighter. You'd hit more pins. Come on, this is not. But she had never bowled hardly ever. So I remember one particular day, the phrase, this was a phrase that kind of came around as, I'm trying to find myself. Do do, do you remember when people still say that sometimes? I'm, I'm just, if I could just find myself. Well, my mother thought that was the most ludicrous thing ever spoken. I remember one of my friends telling my mother one day, Well, Mrs. Nanny, I'm just trying to find myself. My mother's saying, You're right here. <laughs> what, what, what does that even mean? I remember mean, her saying that. What does that even mean, boy? You find yourself. You're right here. I see you clearly. You're right here. What do you mean, find yourself? You're right here. Just keep going. You know, that was just kind of the. But if you think about it, that's what we're, we're kind of in this whole get caught in our brain. There's an identity crisis. And here's the thing here's what I think. In the church, we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. We come to church to somehow um, feel better about ourselves because we're Christian and we're trying to do the right thing and we don't want to go to hell. And so we know a little bit. And so we come to church, but really knowing who we are in Jesus, we don't have that. We, we, we're, we're missing that element. And So what I want to talk to you a little bit today is about finding our identity finding who we are but watch this listen you can't find yourself apart from your creator and people are trying to find themselves apart from the one who made them it will be impossible for you to get a toaster to act like a microwave like well of course But the toaster says, I'm trying to figure out how to be a microwave. Well, the book that came with the box, that came out with the toaster, says toaster on it. So if the book says you a toaster, you are a toaster. Stop trying to be a microwave. Come on, some of you, anybody getting this today? You following this? So you have to know your creator And you have to know, let me move my toilet paper, what your creator says about you in order to find who you really are. It's it's right here. Right? If someone says, I can't find myself, I don't know who I am. Have you read the owner's manual of the person who made you? Because if you haven't read the owner's manual of the person who made you, you will be confused about who you are. But when you read the book, you discover exactly who you are, which is what we want to do today. So let's read a little bit here in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Let's just read 1 through, I think we're going to go through 11 today. Romans 6, 1 through 11. If you're there, say, I'm there. What shall we say then? Must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So this identity crisis, it questions your character, It questions your purpose. It questions your self-perception, right? The identity crisis brings anxiety. It alters your value. And how many people have you known that, and you've done it, we've done it, right, that alters who you are based upon who you're around or what things are going on around you or the relationships? And so we have to understand. And so three times in that passage we just read, he says, you can know, know. Now let's think about John chapter 8 just for a second. Jesus said if you know the truth, the truth will do what? You can know The truth. So the key to your identity crisis is knowing the truth. You've got to know the truth. So right here in chapter six, he does something interesting. He he flips to from justification to sanctification. That's why we kind of picked this up. That's why God got me here because chapter five has all been about justification. I'm I'm not guilty. God has made me innocent. My sins are washed away. God has. Taking care of me. Adam, I was dead, but in Christ, I'm now alive. My debt has been paid. I'm justified. I'm in right standing. So my question to you then would be, so what? What now? So now it's key to take that justification into practical application, which is what? Sanctification. Sanctification means you have been set apart. So if you've been justified, you've also been sanctified. Now, sanctification is a position and a process. Now, stay with me just for a second. Sanctification means in my position, I've been made right with God. I've been justified. I've been set apart for God to work. But then every day I need to be sanctified so that God can work on me. That's why you hear people say, I need to die to self. We'll get into that in just a minute that death to self every single day is a sanctification process so that the old person the old ways of doing things has to go away so that you can do things in a new sanctified way of living it's called holy living sanctification see the problem is a lot of people will make a decision for Christ they'll go to an altar they'll say a prayer they'll maybe cry a tear They'll get a book or fill out a card and they go out living the exact same way they've always lived. We have a problem, Houston. We have a problem. How? how Paul even says it right there. Look. Because look. this is the question in verse 2. How can we who died to sin still live in it? How? And the answer is we cannot. We who have died to sin cannot still live in sin if we're still living in sin and we're banking on some kind of say after me prayer or me attending church it's not going to get it done how do we know we are saved we stop sinning wait a minute that sounds a little too simple it's not because Christ is in you and you have now the power to overcome sin He've, the strength of God is in you. So I'm not captive to sin any longer. I'm going to get ahead of myself. But see, we are stuck on Saturday. Follow me. Good Friday, Easter Sunday. We've got the death of Jesus. We want the blood of Jesus. But we're not getting to the life, the resurrected life. Which makes me wonder, and you can't help but wonder, hey, can I just, I'm not trying to make anybody doubt your salvation today, but I'm telling you, there will be regeneration. There will be, the old has gone, the new has come. That's what I've heard Craig say half a dozen times in the last three days, is I'm new, I'm new. I'm new, the old is gone, I'm new. I'm like, that's exactly right. When Jesus comes inside of you, church, hey, look at your neighbor real quick and say, you'll be new, you'll be new, you'll be new. So watch this, so here's here's what we understand. And so justification is, I'm saved from the penalty of sin through his death. Sanctification, I'm saved from the power of sin. Not only has God saved me from the penalty of sin, he's given me the power to overcome sin in my life. So, can I tell you something? We need to make sure we tap into that resurrection power in order to overcome sin in our own lives. How do we do that? Well, in order to live, you have to die. That's backwards math. You have to die to live. The key to living is dying. A lot of people say, well, I got to live, then one day I'll die. No, you've got to die to live. And that is a daily process. So watch this. So let's break some of this down real quick. So in the first few verses here, he talks about, let's talk about what, what can we know. Let's go, I've got a little list. You want to write some of these things down today. The first thing we can know is that our identity is in Christ's death, burial. And the resurrection so he says this in verse 3 do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death now right there what he's trying to say to us is and again it's a literal baptism but it's also a figurative baptism in the way that we are baptized and united with Christ so for example you maybe some of you maybe heard me say uh, I can't wait to baptize some more people real soon by the way amen In a a way, here's what baptism is, right? It is is a symbolic act of the work of God in our life. Death, burial, resurrection. One state under the water, another state, right? It's a a symbol. That, That water is in a symbolic way a liquid grave. And we've been buried with Christ and now raised with Christ in a new Form Following that? And so what happens is this. When you confess Christ as your Savior, now you're connected with him. He, he, he puts his death on your account. Are you following that? That's, that is so important that you understand. Because all the stuff I'm, I'm telling you today, you say, well, what, what is that? What Some of you understand this, but if I can remind you, it may help you worship more because because worship is the response it's the gratitude to what Christ has done and what he's done is he has died he is buried he's been resurrected why for you and if you embrace that if you say God save me if you repent of your sins and turn from your way to God's ways now all of a sudden you're linked with him in his death and in his burial and in his resurrection you understand I am am dead to self. Why? Because Christ died. My sin's nature in me died when I accepted Christ. His death came to my credit. And in the same way, his resurrection is coming to my account. Hey, one day I'm going to die, but I'm going to be resurrected. Why? Because of Christ's resurrection. It's counted to my account. So therefore, I get to partake. I identify. My identity is in his death death his burial and his resurrection right his baptism our baptism so not only am i baptized literally but i'm baptized figuratively when i come to christ paul's telling us verse four we're buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as christ was raised we too might walk in newness in life so verse five For if, which that really should be since, not for if. It's not if we have been united. Since we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We're resurrected. God's given us resurrection life and power. We know, verse 6, that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Watch this. Here's the second thing. Second thing you can know is that our old self is crucified with no power over us. you got to stop saying things like, that's just who I am. Nope, not anymore. Somebody say amen right there. That's a good place to say amen. Oh, that's just, just, uh, uh, you know, my anger. You know, I'm a Christian now, but that anger, that's just who I am. It's not. No, it's not. You've given control of that to God. That old self is crucified to no longer control you. I want you to understand this. It says here that we know that our old self was crucified, that the body of sin might be, this is an important phrase, brought to nothing. Sin in your life, the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So people say, this is just, I can't, I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I'm telling you, if you belong to Christ, you can. You can. You don't have to be who you used to be. You have overcome that. You have crucified the old man. Now, I know everybody in the room probably right now is going, well, then why do I still sin? If it's been dead, then why do I still sin? Hold on, we'll get to that, I promise. And if I don't, throw something at me, all right? So watch this. That phrase, brought to nothing, is important because it says that sin has, the, the, the literal right there means that sin has no power. No power. It's not, it's not active. It's, it's not in charge, right? Sin used to be your master, and guess what? You, you left that place. Anybody think back to an old place of employment and go, thank God I don't work there anymore. Hey, guess what? You don't work for sin anymore. Because sin has been crucified. The body of sin has been crucified. You do not work for sin anymore. Sin is not in control. Sin is unemployed. And it's important that you understand that you can overcome sin. The body, it's been been done away with. We have to understand that. If we would understand that I don't have to listen to sin, I don't have to obey sin, I don't have to be dragged down to sin. When it comes, I don't listen to sin anymore. I don't have to. That's not who I am anymore. The body of sin has been crucified. In the way that Christ was crucified on the cross, the body of sin, in verse 6, says it's brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Verse 7. For he who has died, again, if we come to Christ and we repent, we die, has been set free from sin. What that means is to be set free from the power of sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So now, all right. so I have to understand and wrap my mind in the truth. And the truth is that I've been, the body of sin in my life has been crucified, so now it says I believe that I'll live in the resurrection, the newness of life that's a confidence right? we need need a Christian people who will be confident, not in themselves but in Christ so so, so what, what would be helpful would be to get a group of people who are determined to brag on Jesus amen come on are you just being quiet today because I you, you know how this works when you're quiet I got to keep saying it so I'm gonna keep saying it. I know you got Mother's Day plans but I let's go come on now get on board right so it's important to understand we need a group of people who will brag on Jesus not brag on themselves not boast in themselves but bragging Christ and so when you're a little extra happy on Monday and people say why are you a little extra happy because it's just Jesus it's just Jesus See, I my, 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 Look, my pastor said yesterday, my sin's been crucified, dead, I'm, I'm, I got life. And I'm going to live life. Like, what if every day was Easter? Shouldn't it be? Isn't it? Aren't you alive every day, alive in Christ? You're united, right? I, my identity <laughs> is not in, am I smart enough? Am I good enough? Or do I have enough money? can I pay the bills? I don't feel well today. Hey, none of that matters that's the enemy trying to get you bogged down i'm alive in christ i'm dead to my sin i'm alive in here happy easter you following that that's where we need to live that's the joy that's the newness every morning is easter morning for you because you're walking in newness and life because of what christ has done come on now some of y'all are gonna go home and it's gonna hit you you're gonna get happy If we died with Christ, we believe we'll also live with him. Now, verse 9. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Can we all agree that Jesus defeated death? Amen. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So the third thing I want you to know that you can know That what God says about me is the truth. Not your feelings. Not your emotions. Not Taco Bell way too late last night. None of that. None of that gets to control. Not what somebody else says about me. Right? Some of you still hanging on to a lie that somebody told you as a child. You're dumb. You're ugly. You're never going to make anything of yourself. You're never going to go anywhere, and so you've got that clouding over you. Can I give you a little wake-up call? It's not true. It's just not true. What people say about you is not true. What God says about you in this book, there, there you go. Why, why, why do we get into this book so we can understand the truth about who, about me? I need to know the truth. Can I tell you? Everybody's starving for truth, and we have it. we're, we're. we're we got a whole group of people in our world today, got a whole group of people in our world today who are uh, starving, dying of thirst, and, and we, the church, have bread and water. Anybody here? We have bread and water. But the, the problem is, I'm just gonna preach just for a minute. Be all right? Somebody say preach, or I'm just preach. gonna preach. I'm gonna preach just for a minute. The, the, the problem is when, when we package bread and water. In anger, I don't want it. I don't want it. And, and, and the devil wants to make sure that non-believers look at us as angry, hateful, judgmental people. Are you hearing that? Because then when you start serving bread and water and it feels like hate, people are like, I'd rather starve than have that but when we can package thank you Jesus I, I had some of my heart I was like, how am I gonna fit that in that sermon here it is here it comes when, when, when we package truth apart from love people choke on it they can't hear it they only want it you know, that's why Jesus said you'll know my, my disciples by your he didn't say by your truth he didn't say by your truth he, 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 he didn't say find a non-believer and 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 here you go uh, you know I, I just I just want you to know something that you're going to hell bang right that's not helpful that's not getting anybody here Gary I just want to let you know brother word of God says you're gonna burn in hell forever because of the way you live your life you have yourself a great day okay that's not is it true If he doesn't know Jesus, everybody's like, well, I I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. His his eternity, he is dead apart from Christ. Does he need to hear that truth? Absolutely. But you've got to package it right. You've got to be loving. You've got to be kind. See, I I think, now I'm a big fan. I'm going to let you inside my world a little bit. I'm not sure why I'm all about this lately. It's peanut butter and jelly. I'm all about it. Ooh, every day. I don't know what's going on. I'm not having a baby, maybe a grandbaby. Does that count? I'm going to have a grandbaby soon, right? I got the peanut butter and jelly thing going on. What if if truth was peanut butter and and love was jelly? We need need them both, right? So I I think we have to love on people. We, We have to share truth. Do we not I don't want those I don't want that blood on my hands I'm responsible right I'm responsible for sharing the truth but I've got to do it in such a loving way and it's got to come from a place of care it's got to come from a place of compassion and it's got to come from a place of relationship not just judging following that and that's going to be important because God does speak truth and people desperately need truth. But we've got to package that thing in love. And so can I encourage you, church, start loving people. And when they trust you, right, and when you get to that point and when God opens that door, you drop that truth. Don't, don't, don't. Think, think about it like this. What if there were people that you have a relationship with and you love and you say, man, I love you, brother. And, and you see them one day and you don't find them in heaven. Paul even said, how will they know unless we tell them? We have to tell them, but it's got to be done right. So what God says about us is the truth, and we have to understand. We need to be sharing that truth. Verse 11, I'm gonna, I want you to see this real quick, and, and, and we're going to move on. I'm going to take you to John 11 here in just a minute. We'll wrap this thing up. Verse 11 says, but you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So this is an important phrase, consider yourself. You must consider yourself what? Because I need to know the truth here. I have to consider myself dead to sin, alive to God. Dead to sin, alive to God. Say it with me. Dead to sin, alive to God. I have to consider that myself, right? Now, consider yourself kind of, uh, we, we, we kind of think about consider like, hmm, I guess that's a good idea, dead to sin. Got, let me consider that. That's not what, that's not what it's saying here. So a lot of you know we have a clothes store, and one of my, of course, I don't do nothing there. My wife and daughter do everything there. But very soon, there's something called inventory coming up. Anybody ever done inventory for a place you work? Let me see your hand real quick. How many of you just loved it? Just love inventory. Ain't nothing like counting every single thing in the store. We got 563 of those. Right? It's nauseating, right? Right? If you've never had if you've never done inventory, if you'll come see us, we'll help you. <laughs> we'll we'll teach you all the beautiful things about counting clothes, right? But watch this. So that's what consider yourself means. Take inventory. Take inventory. When 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 you go grocery shopping and you go into pantry and you're looking for fruity pebbles and there's no fruity pebbles on the shelf, we have zero fruity pebbles. We have a problem, Houston, again. Right? I've taken inventory, and I don't have, it's a fact. Well, you know, there might be some fruity pebbles. No, I just looked. I just counted. Another word right there, some of your translations might say, reckon yourself. Like reconcile your bank account. You reconcile the bank account, it says zero. That can't be true. Yes, it is. If you reconcile your bank account and you get all zeros at the bottom, you're broke. It's done. Well, there's got to be some money floating around out there somewhere. Nope. It's the truth. Can I tell you the truth? Dead to sin. It's done. It's dead. Dead to sin, dead to sin, alive to God. Now watch this. So, you ready to hear about why we still sin? Okay, I need a volunteer. Is there a teenager in the house that would be willing to be a volunteer? Oh, you two ladies, come on, Autumn and Jazz, come on, right now. Autumn and Jazz, come on up. All right. So here's what I need you to do. If you want to turn in your Bibles while we're doing this to John chapter 11, okay. Stand right up here. Give Autumn and Jazz a big hand, okay. So Jazz, here's what I need you to do. I need you to like wrap her in toilet paper like a mummy. Okay, well, don't I'm even don't even good. don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Okay? Go to work. Okay? Just go hold that. hold that. Yep, gotta hold okay, gotta hold that. Hold that. Wrap her up real quick. Now, John chapter eleven. John chapter eleven. Now I want you to listen while she's now a lot of you know the story. Now top and bottom. What are well, you doing it all in one place? I know, but we don't have all day either. You gotta go quick, Jazz. Let's go. There we go. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. You're not getting graded on this. You're doing great. You're doing great. There you go. There you go. Hold on to that. Help her out. Okay. In in John chapter in John chapter eleven, Lazarus dies. Right. Jesus is called to the scene. But by the time, now remember, Martha reached out, and Mary reached out. Hey, I I preached a sermon like this one time. The one you love is sick. Think about that. The one you love is sick. Well, I thought he loved everybody. But Lazarus said, but the sister said, hey, you love Lazarus. Can I tell you? Well, I don't preach that now. I'll preach that later. All right, now. So, the one you love is sick. So, Jesus shows up. Lazarus is in the tomb. Mary and Martha are upset. That's a lot of people's favorite verse in the Bible. Jesus wept, right? He's moved by emotion. Now, you're going to have to, let's go ahead. Now, as you keep wrapping her, move, move towards the tomb, which is that door over there. Can you make your way to the tomb? Just shuffle your way over. Just shuffle. Don't break it. Shuffle faster. Well, break it. Do what you got to do. Jazz, get her there, okay? Keep wrapping her up in that room, and I'll tell you when to come back. Now we got grave clothes everywhere. All right, so... The toilet paper is grave clothes, by the way, if you didn't pick up on this. I'm giving you just a little illustration here at the end, all right? So let's, let me read a little bit. When Then Jesus deeply moved again. I'm in verse 38 of chapter 11. Came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone and marry the sister of the dead man. Now, I think that's interesting that he's not called Lazarus at that point. He's called dead man. A minute ago, it's the one you love. Now he's just a dead man said to him lord by this time there will be an odor for he had been dead 4 days and jesus said to her did i not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of god and so they took away the stone and jesus lifted up his eyes and said father i thank you that you have heard me i knew that you that you always hear me but i said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me and when he had said these things he cried out with a loud voice lazarus Come out, And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with the cloth. Hey, Jazz, I need you to wrap her face, too. All right. Trying to be biblical, people. Let's not compromise scripture today. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with the cloth. And Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. couple observations here. Just about this. And, and again, this is the closing here because I want you to see how we're dead to sin. Alive to God. Now, follow with me. You are, if you are in Christ, listen, I'm not saying that everybody in the room is. is, But if you're in Christ, you're dead to sin, alive to God. Not only am I saved from the penalty of sin, I'm saved from the power of sin. You following that? Sin has no power over me. Well, I just can't help my, uh, anyway, we already talked about that. So watch. So some things that Jesus said that I thought was interesting was take away the stone. You would think a man who could raise the dead could take away his own stone. But it was the responsibility of the other people who were nearby to take away the stone, to posture the situation so that Lazarus could hear the voice of Christ calling him. I say all that to say this it's our job, church, to take away the stone. It's our job, church to present and to posture ourselves and to do certain things so that people can hear the voice of God. You can't save anyone. I can't save anyone. But why do we meet? God's bringing revelation to people. And some people say, "You, you know, you, why are we doing so? Because people need to hear Jesus say, Lazarus, come forth. An old country preacher said one time, that if he had not said Lazarus, every dead man that would have heard that would have popped up out of the grave. He specified Lazarus. He was dead man the whole time. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, let me get specific right here. Hey, Lazarus, come forth. Now, ladies, come back out if you would, please. Now, don't talk. Just come out. I know it's hard to walk. Just do the best you can, as long as your face is covered. Jazz you're going to have to help her There you go You wrapped it tight You didn't cut off circulation I hope Come on Lazarus let's go I know Think about Lazarus coming out Give Lazarus a big hand As Lazarus comes up out of the tomb Now come on It's good Now Lazarus has went from dead to You understand Now stand right here in front Stand right here Keep smiling you're doing good you're alive you're happy about all this okay jazz you did good you got her out of the grave right it's important that jazz is here because can can I tell you what did Jesus say to the people remove let's let me give you exactly what it says so I'm not making stuff up he he said unbind him and let him go unbind him and let him go Lazarus follow me here just for a second right if I'm way off just talk about me at lunch Lazarus needed the help of others to be loosened from his grave clothes see we don't like to talk about accountability we don't like to talk about people helping us we don't like to talk about discipleship these are bad words but can I tell you so here's what happens now follow me here so she's went from dead he sorry Lazarus You're Lazarus for now okay Lazarus went from dead to alive dead in sin Alive in Christ Jesus, but still has grave clothes. Grave clothes. Now, I didn't choke you, you're fine. (laughs) Don't whine right now. It's not so watch this. So grave clothes. Let me tell you what this is. The Bible calls this the flesh. The old man is gone. The new man, Lazarus, stands in front of me, but Lazarus still has the flesh to deal with and so this is where why do I still sin because you still got some grave clothes that still hang on you and what you have to do is to discipline yourself get some people around you get in the house of God get in the Word of God get on your face before God and with God's help and the people around you in the church the grave clothes can be removed your bitterness comes off your anger comes off your addictions come off. You understand? The flesh comes off of you. You die daily. I pick up my cross daily and die to what? My grave clothes. No more grave clothes. They got to go. I'm new now. I'm walking in life. I'm alive. Stop Stop living in grave clothes. Stop acknowledging All we talk about is, well, I got an issue here, I got an issue here, and I got a problem here. I can't figure this one out. I'm always going to be an addict. I'm always going to be angry. I'm always going to be bitter. Stop doing that. Get rid of them. Die. Take them off. Are you alive or not? The answer is yes. Let's focus on the fact that Lazarus is alive. Let's fix our eyes on being alive, but let's do something about the flesh. Let's do something about the flesh. Now, watch this. Here's what happens. Now, watch. So, we come out of the tomb. We're carrying grave clothes. We, it's a process now because they need to come off, but here's what happens. So, the world now gets on me because I'm in the world a lot. Okay? I like social media. And let's see. Oh, I got some friends that are influencing me poorly. Mm -hmm. I have a devil who hates me now because he doesn't want me to be alive. He wants me to stay wrapped up right here and to focus on what's wrong with me. And so these out, see, this is the battle now. This is the battle that the grave clothes coming on. But what you have to do every day, I want you to rip those suckers off, all of them with aggressive. Okay, come on, get aggressive. (laughs) Let's just rip them off. Come on, help me, Jazz. Let's get them off of her, right? Yes, Jazz. So we, we come together. Now, get, yeah, get them off. Get them, get them all off. Get, see, it takes a little effort to shake those suckers. Now you can sit down. You can have that toilet paper. It's yours. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'd rather not have it back, okay? Yeah, right? Everybody, are you following? You following? You following? Dead to sin, alive to God. Let's go to work on some grave clothes. Right? So, got to stop playing victim. Let's stop. Well, my mama was that way. It's Mother's Day. I'm just going to have, it's going to be that way. I've got a new master now. Got a new master now. Alive. You're alive. Christ. I'm Christ. I, I am, I, I was, I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. The grave clothes, and a lot of you say, well, the grave clothes, they just get on me. I can't do anything about it. Yes, you can. You kill them. With the same aggression that they crushed Jesus on the cross, you get nasty with that grave clothes. That worry gets on you. Hey, 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 you got to get off me worry. You're coming on me. I'm alive in Christ Jesus. I put my faith and trust in God. You can't come on me worry. Doubt, confusion. No, 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 no. That's, no, 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 you're not welcome here. You see that? Bitterness, Mm-mm. unforgiveness, get rid of it. Just get rid of it. See, that's, that's on you. God, now you have to walk in the life. But here's the thing, here's the thing. You have the power to shed your grave clothes in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you have the power. You do not have to be what people have said you are. You do not have to be what your flesh tells you you are. You don't have to be what the devil says you are. You are dead to sin, alive. Come on, that is good today. Amen. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. So let's walk. Let's walk in it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let's walk in it. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 Southeast Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fcc.org indianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m., and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day, and always remember that Jesus changes everything.